Good morning and welcome to the Business Leadership Podcast Live. It is Wednesday, the 22nd of August, 2018. The Business Leadership Podcast Live, it's a live radio call-in show where I speak to business leaders, subject matter experts, and thought leaders to discuss the latest innovations, current events, or best practices that will help you personally and professionally grow. This call is brought to you by Dialogue, like discussions and debates. You could host your own call and talk show over social media. Thank you again for joining us. Happy, happy Wednesday again. Happy hump day. I am your host, Edwin Frondozo, and super, super, super excited to introduce my co-host today, a friend of mine, a colleague, entrepreneur. I've known him for a long time, Patrick Liver. He's the president of Clear Vision. Um, he's not only a marketing expert, someone who I always turn to. He's an amazing startup leader in in Ontario and, and throughout Canada. Cool dude, and just just a family, a, an amazing family man. I, I'm like I said, I'm honored to call him a friend. Um, and today we're gonna talk about the importance of brand and how brand is everything. Um, and for those who are joining us live, we'd love to hear from you. So if you're interested in what we're talking about, you have any thoughts, or even if you disagree, we'd love to to you know listen or hear you or even have you join our conversation um so let's just get in pat welcome how, how, how are you doing good buddy how are you doing oh man i'm i'm pumped man like i like i said just off air um i feel like you and i should have had this call um a day before or, or two days because i i i had the opportunity to talk about personal brand and, and my personal story about how i've been using social media and personal so i'm actually going to be writing notes today as well <laughs> that and gonna take gonna, i'm gonna take a little some of your knowledge with me after this um well, maybe i'm gonna do the same thing like maybe you know uh more about it now than i do so uh, well, i'll just you ask, you ask me questions i'm just gonna flip them right back around on you i like that i like that. well i mean this this is two heads is better than one right and we're definitely better together right i like it Okay, so let's just jump in. I know you and I have always we always talk about this. So I just just for the listeners out there, I want you to explain to us why why you love branding so much. See, uh, like we were saying off there, like this, I I I love um, I love understanding and getting to know uh, the the leaders in business that do what they do and why they do it, and trying to get to the root of kind of that that. Um, the values that they're trying to put out there. So uh, a brand is at the heart of, of why businesses kind of exist. And if it's not at the heart of why it exists, the chances are it won't exist long. So I think what I love about branding the most is, is, is that psychological dissection of, of the people that are putting it together. Yeah. I mean, I mean, that's super interesting. Like it's almost like when you talk about the psychological, um, I mean, you're almost thinking about, going beyond everything i mean i mean i just want to take it a step back because for me i i mean i was i, I was asked the question like you know brand a lot of people may think of the brand as 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 a logo or or you know a brand mark or a trademark so what do you like just let's start with the basics what is that difference or how do you see the difference between the brand and and, and its logo uh so yeah we we get asked this question a lot and actually you know, as being a, a brand agency, we'll get clients coming and 
what what their interpretation of a brand is is our interpretation of they just want a logo right they just want um some sort of insignia that represents their business they they haven't thought about what the brand of that business is um and the difference is uh, a brand is is uh, is what you are it's what the business is it's what you believe it's what other people people believe it's bestowed upon you. It's not something that you can truly create. It's only something that you can see. And then you have to live by the reasons that the brand exists. And if you don't, um, then you're, you're just lying, right? You're just lying to everybody. A logo is just, all it is, is, is something that you can look at every day or your customers or clients can look at every day. And it represents the values of your brand and they look at it and they can trust it and they can believe it. So in all honesty, the, the creative aspect of, of brand development um, starts with the, does start with the psychology, the reasons to believe. Well, you know, what's really interesting and, and thank you for putting that in. But one thing you mentioned is when people come to you, they just want the logo and, but you have to think about who you want this this brand or this person or this whatever you want this entity to be but when you sit when you continued you said but it's actually bestowed on you so how yeah. do you how do you talk to people about okay let's let's create this brand strategy but at the end of the day it may what you say may be different what other people may think of you so so That's is there a disjoint there or or how do you connect that or you know remove that gap uh it, it's not disjointed, um, but it is. There is a process, so you can't you can't uh, turn the key and have a global brand overnight. It's impossible. You can seed it. You can you can fund it. You can pay for marketing and advertising. You can put it out in front of as many eyeballs as you want. Um, but you you do need to create your brand around the reason you exist in the first place. And uh, all that is is just being honest and transparent to the customers you're trying to serve. So if you you know if you want to build something that people will connect with and believe, then you just have to you have to know exactly how you want them to introduce your brand to a friend or how you want them to be out there talking about your business, um, and then and then just do everything in your power to make sure that you're being honest to that. Yeah, no, for sure. So do you have any specific examples that maybe that you really turn to when people talk about they did a great job? And obviously, we'll never know with some of the brand stories, you know, the famous brand stories that are out there, what they initially thought their brand would be and what it is today. But like maybe you have more insight because you talk about branding a lot right so yeah maybe you've you've also studied this as well right now to the point that like you know you could sort of see how things are playing out as as it happens in real time yeah so one of my one of my favorite brands and they, they happen to be we happen to be lucky at clovervision because they're clients of ours as well so um take this as a grain of salt there may be a little bit of bias built into it but um crayola is is an amazing example of a great brand um they, uh, what, I mean, everybody knows Crayola, so that, that helps. Um, but they just embody creativity and education in children and they back that up every single day. So they, they get behind their, their, uh, the, the reason they exist, which is to, to, uh, inspire creativity in, in, in kids. Um, 
they have created an entire portal for, for any teacher um, to grab their lesson plans and, and deliver world-class art projects to kids in a classroom and they give them every step that they need to, uh, including like the digital display pieces because they want to support more lessons in the, in the classroom and they understand that teachers are constrained with the amount of time they've been given. And, you know, in Ontario, especially, you know what the challenges we have um, with some of the, with some of the teachers, right. Where they're just asked to do way too much. So, you know, when you, when you think about, you know, why they exist and what they do to back that up, um, you can, you can look at them and say, they're not just making crayons, putting them in the store and hoping people buy them and lowering the price so that they'll buy theirs over their competitors. They're actually getting behind the purpose of having the crayons in the first place and promoting that. And that to me is the embodiment of proper, real proper branding. And then there, you know, of course, when you're doing that, recognize, um, recognition is key. So, and visibility is key. So consistent in the creative, um, you create that, you create that mark that represents your brand that becomes your logo or your brand mark, and then being consistent so that people can find your product, they know where to look, they know what they're looking for, they can see that there's trust behind it. Um, and then they know that they're supporting the brand that's supporting them. I think that that's critical. It's a full kind of circle. Um, I don't think enough people talk about brands that, um, that are like Crayola that get that, that aren't product focused, although it is extremely product driven revenue model. Um, their, their marketing message is, is really behind um, supporting supporting education and supporting creativity in kids. Oh, I mean that. I mean that's that's super important, and it's almost like brand strategy or brand marketing is totally different than product marketing, right? Too, if if you're getting down to it, right? Because brand marketing is really just supporting your your story, isn't that right, Pat? Absolutely, uh, and it, the reason why it's not uh, always. Um, it's not always the go-to for people and a lot of businesses, especially small businesses defer down to product marketing is because brand marketing can get expensive, right? It's, it's uh, you're, you're, you're building up equity in, in the business itself and in your, and in the trust, you're building up equity in why people should believe you. And that takes time, right? People don't believe you overnight. They'll believe in a product overnight. If they like the product, they'll support the product. And then they can support the brand. So people defer to product marketing because it's a it's an easy way to put something that you make as a company in front of uh, a customer that needs something to solve a problem. But you have to really believe in the product that they're buying and that it represents your brand 100%. Which is why you know um, product quality is such, is so important. No, for sure, totally agree. Thank you for that. If you're just joining in, my co-host today is Patrick Liver. We're, we're talking about branding, brand strategy, product marketing, and the differences, and why really branding is everything. So if you do have any questions, comments, just feel free to message it in and would love to answer it. Or if you have a story that you'd love to share, you could join us, hop on the call and join us and would love to really just dig deep into that and, and love to hear some new ideas as well. Um, real fun. And I was just thinking this right now, Pat, and this is 
I mean, this is almost like an open whiteboard session. So my podcast and my brand, the Business Leadership Podcast brand, I mean, I have a quote unquote product, but it's a free product. So it's not right. like it's not like I'm going to spend a whole lot of uh, money trying to get people to my product because there's no there's no you know direct revenue. Even if I paid X amount of clicks to to come to it, it's just I'm getting the listeners or whatnot. So I always think about what does my brand mean and how do I how do I just promote that? And then ultimately, it's my personal brand, which it comes back to is like how do I live myself to be a good business leader or entrepreneur and stuff like that. Is that something like, like if I, if you were, if I had you for one hour free, not free consulting, if I even paid you consulting, like how would you see my brand and, and where would be the immediate needs? I'm definitely just trying to get free, free advice here. <laughs> well, let's do it. So, so the, I mean, the first, the first thing that we're going to ask, um, you know, we, we do a brand discovery process and I, we can run it you know, for a single person, or we can run it for a board of directors, or we can run it for an entire organization. Mm -hmm. um, we've worked with clients where, you know, it's been important to the CEO to have every single employee's input on what their brand means. That uh, is critical in kind of maybe going through a rebranding process to really understand who you are and why you do what you do. So the very first questions I'm going to say is, you know, yes, you're right. You're, you're, you're doing this and it's not, it's a product, but it's not a revenue uh, generator. Um, it could be uh, once, you know, once there's volume, um, it's an audience and we're going to hopefully be able to, you know, help you grow that over time with sharing and social, but you're not doing it for that purpose. So my first question is, why are you doing it? Like, why, why, why the podcast? Why this live, uh, in, in, live segment of it? Um, why do you do what you do for entrepreneurship? Let's, let's start there. Let me, let me put you in the hot seat. Uh oh, <laughs> I, I forgot that this is actually gonna go two way, right? Um, <laughs> I guess, I guess, why do I do it? I'm, I'm like, I'm a junkie when it comes to personal development and and being my best self, uh, whether it's in business, uh, management, bringing products to life, being a father, be, being the best myself. So, I mean, doing these live podcasts, especially this new program where I'm able to bring on some of my friends that are amazing, you know, and maybe they're not leading quote unquote fortune, you know, 100, but these are people I actually turn to, right? Uh, when I need to, and I know Pat's got texts from me. I'm like, Hey Pat, man, you have five minutes. Like, so, and I get to, I get to share that and really learn and, and bring, you know, elevate people as well with me. So that's, that's sort of why I do this, um, in a nutshell. Okay. So that I'll, I'll, I'll say, uh, next question then, uh, we know now why you want to do it. And that's, it's a personal development purpose. You're doing this because you believe in co constant evolution of who Edwin is. Um, what do you want the outcomes of doing these to be? Is it, is it personal? Is it you, if you find this personal, personally, um, uh, personally motivational and it develops where you want to be as a business leader, are you hoping that others will glean out of that too? Or do you actually want to coach and drive those people that are looking for some development forward is it you know is the direct outcome or the product um the product value immediate for you or is it just you're hoping that there's something in this conversation that anybody who's listening now or in the recording later will be able to, to grab a nugget out of a news well there's a couple of things right a it's it's for me, it's living my life as self-evolving, like you said, and learning and inspiring people as well. Not only, you know, my close circle of friends or family, you know, my colleagues, anywhere they are, really inspire them by pushing myself and keep growing, right? If, if we're not 
changing, we're not challenging ourselves, right? And we're not growing as well. So I think it's trying to be inspirational because people always ask me, Edwin, how, how are you doing this new thing? Like, how, how did you do that? Well, how are you running marathons? How like, like, you know, it's really understanding and challenging myself. How, you know, what are my limits and what do I need to cut off and do that? So I think that's, that's sort of my outcome is first off, I think is really inspiring and, and bringing like-minded people together and to help each other. I mean, uh, the outcomes where I'm looking towards and let's say, you know, three, six months is being able to spread this message in real life. You know, I mentioned I was at a speaking opera, uh, speaking gig just last night and, and I was talking about personal branding and how I was able to leverage everything from being startup Canada's startup chats housed and, how that, you know, how that evolved and where it came. And now I'm talking with, you know, successful entrepreneurs and business leaders and who knows where it's going to go from there. Right. But that, that's sort of the, the outcome right now and building that community, that tribe, I guess, is what they call it. Right on. And, and I can see that. I mean, uh, how long have we known each other since probably 2013? And, you know, you've, you've put in more, more uh, full-time hours into your volunteer stuff than it feels like I put into my full-time paid stuff. So um, I think, you know, what you're doing to give back uh, to entrepreneurship and really self-evolve is, is outstanding. So, um, so that's great. So then what, you know, kind of rolling it forward, then what, what is your point of difference? Like there are podcasts, lots of them. There's more now than there's ever been. Um, there are, you know, lots of great resources that are out there. There's, a lot of uh, individuals that uh, elevate entrepreneurship, uh, elevate personal development. So how, how is Edwin different than say a Lewis house? Um, so tell me about like what, what flag you're going to raise that makes it uniquely you. I mean, that's a great question. I've been thinking about that a lot. Um, and I know, I know we have a question uh, from our audience, but let, let's just finish this quick discussion. I just want to make sure that uh, I think it's our friend Sussex beard on the East coast. But, uh, I mean, I, I wonder what's my differentiator fact. I think that's what you're asking me. Right. Um, is, is, is what, what am I really passionate about when it comes to differentiator? So my thing for me personally and stuff that I'm really working on is being, being mindful. Like I have a mindful, um, routine in the morning where I, I wake up just to be my best self. So now I'm, I'm, I'm actually attracted to business leaders who sort of practice this type of uh, who practice mindfulness within their everyday life. Uh, and it helps them center themselves and helps them be present with, with their, with the people around them, their family, their business, everything, and not just, you know, controlling that time. I mean, that's sort of my focus now. I, maybe that's my differentiator. Like I said, Pat, this is like something I've thought about. I, I mean, I've been thinking about like, what is, what's the difference and what am I talking about and what is the topic around business leadership that could be, uh, that could be different. Right. So I don't know the right answer. Right. But I guess that's the discovery. Right. Right. But you, you don't, uh, you don't necessarily need to have that right answer right now. This is where, this is where it starts to uh, evolve and be bestowed upon you. So you have an audience, you've curated it over time. You've got lots of people that you can go to. Um, this is where you can start asking them questions and say, you know what, what is it that you're pulling out of this that's unique and different? And why are you paying attention to my podcast over somebody else's? Or what other podcasts are, you know, are, are in your list? What other ones you have in Stitcher or are you listening to on in, in uh, um, iTunes? So what, what, you know, try and pull some of that information out from the audience who's kind of 
believing in you. They're following you. I mean, um, it, it's, it's them that you're, you're, you're creating this content for mm-hmm. and uh, as well as yourself. Um, but I would say like, if you wanted to go down that mindfulness route, um, and bringing mindfulness into entrepreneurship and how you roll that together every day, there are already people that are doing that. So of course. Still, there's still, there's still that what makes it uniquely Edwin. And, and it may just be that you're Edwin and that's what makes it unique. Um, or it may be uh, something else that uh, your audience is pulling from it that says, you know, like nobody else does it like this, do more of this. Um, so right. it's probably, probably worth putting it out there and say, you know, what, what more do you want to hear about? What are some things that you want to co- me to cover? What are some things that you think the business leadership podcast should do? And, uh, and your brand will evolve. And then, and then you can say, yeah, I'm going to do more of that. I'm going to commit to that. That's a brand value. Um, you also want to take a look at what your brand values for the business leadership podcast are. Who's, who are the people you want to interview? You're always going to want to grow. So you're always going to want to reach high. Um, you know, what's the format, what's the length, you can play around with that, obviously, but what's the quality that you want to always deliver? Um, What do you eventually want to deliver for your advertisers? Because eventually you're going to have to monetize this or it won't be sustainable. So how do you do that? Or do you turn it into a marketing platform for Slingshot, for example? Mm -hmm. Um, You know, or, you know, if, if it is to support your desire to get on stage and do this either in one with a one-on-one, uh, relationship in some coaching format or one to many on doing keynotes and, and talks and you monetize it that way. Maybe Edwin's going to write a book one day. Actually, you heard it here first, everybody. Edwin's going to write a book. Um, <laughs> he's going to take lessons from Nevin. Um, so, and I did have Nevin on the show, believe it or not. So it could be on its way. Who knows? Right. So, so, you know, you find your different, you know, you know, you want, you're passionate about something. I can, I can tell cause you've been doing it since I've known you in different various formats, it's just a matter of finding out how can you do it in a way that's different, that, um, that you can stand out and you can, and it, and it complements everybody else that's doing similar things. I mean, if you can be in a complementary type environment, uh, it's really easy to refer, but if it's, if it's, if you're giving the same information as somebody else, then you have to, you know, outproduce or out glamorize or outright somebody uh, who's already in the space and and then then it becomes competitive so trying yeah, to find trying to find something that makes it uniquely yours i mean here's an example like what what if you did uh what if you made it more like workshop driven um so that you know people you, you create a book but it's actually a workbook and it's something that's uh you know self-development um from a business leadership perspective and then that workbook you actually create after you do a series of podcasts and then people have to follow along the podcast to get the information they need to kind of go through the course. So the podcast becomes a course, the workbook uh, slash lesson book is something that they pay for. And you've created more of a immersed experience with the audio and the content you're creating where that helps solve the problems that are in the, in the, in that guide that you've produced. Um, that's different. That's, you know, there's no reason to tune into a podcast every week right now, other than you like the content. Right. That's the reason um, I, I haven't I haven't listened to any podcasts that were more thought about like a course or a series that build upon each other. So right. that may be that may be an interesting way to go about it. No, for sure. And, and what I'm hearing from you really 
Pat, and it's something I always talk about. Um, and thank you for definitely your insight and really, really putting it in is, is, is customer feedback. I got to really reach out to my, you know, and, and, and I'm getting better at it with, with the platform as well. I just really got to reach out and keep that communication open, lines open as well. But so if you are, you, if you are listening live, what we're discussing is branding with, with Patrick Liver, president of Clear Vision. And he actually just took me through a, a quick discovery session about my brand, which was super fun. And I, I put him, I put him on the spot because, uh, because we're live. Um, I mean, we're, we're almost running out of time, but I just want to direct a question. I think it's from one of our friends, Matthew out East in Sussex. Um, he has a specific question. He, um, he's asking, how do you blend two brands? I guess, I guess that that's the question. So to me, that's like, if you have two brands, how are you going to get them working together? Or how are you going to communicate it? Well, uh, the very first thing I would ask is what's the, what's the point? So why do we want to blend uh, two brands together. So I think maybe more context behind that. Mm -hmm. um, if it is, you know, a merging together of two branded products, so two product lines turning into one, um, is there a stronger one out of the two? Uh, that's the, the first, you know, if yes, we got to, we are going to merge these together for whatever reason, which is the stronger brand. And that may take a little bit of research through customer feedback as well. Um, and then you need to kind of find a spot for them to, to, to live symbiotically. Um, I would, one of the things I would ask is, you know, are, are the two brands uh, offered to, to different audiences? Are the customers different? Are they, are they, or are they, is it the same customer? Um, Matt, I don't know if you're still listening or you can provide feedback into that. Um, but if it's for the same customer base, then I think it's just a matter of, choosing which one you, there's lots of different reasons behind why you would choose them but you know how does it sound when you say it is it memorable how's the creative i mean we're talking now about um you know ease of workflow um if they're if it's two separate audiences and you're trying to bring them together you may fight that um this is why quicksilver and roxy are two separate brands right they're it's two separate audiences. And although uh, like they, they both represent kind of the a surf skate culture, um, Quicksilver was designed with a, with a male focus. Um, and it was really focused on, uh, on, on surfing and skateboarding culture that was predominantly male when it was created. So it mm -hmm. never really, it never really had, uh, you know, a, a, the female side thought about, and then they created Roxy to, to, make a brand specifically for them that they could control both of it'll be i would i would say that th those two will never blend into one brand they, right. but they live by the same sort of values but geared towards separate audiences so it's it's controllable but it's two separate names with the same sort of brand values but tailored differently to two different demographics so um, it so, yeah. Pat, just to interrupt you, uh, Matt, Matt just messaged, and, and maybe this will answer, and maybe just direct this. He, I guess his two brands that he was talking about was the Sussex Beard Oil, and then he has Sussex Soap and Oils. And what he's looking to do is move beyond being known. I guess the predominant brand is is the Sussex Beard Oil. So he's trying to get more known for beards, you know, men's grooming products being the overall product. So I guess he's trying to diversify the product line within the men's space okay so it is it is product specific and uh trying to get away from 
I guess, being cornered into a market of beard specific. Uh, it's, I would just, I would take a look at, if you're going to try and bring everything together, like maybe it's just, you know, you, you just create a, a parent brand uh, above everything else. So what are the, what are the values that are consistent across um, uh, the beard oil and the soap and oils and for grooming products in general for men, the audience is the same, right? So, but uh, there's slight variant variance. So you just need to look at, you know, everything that was done around the beard oil side of it was targeted at men with beards because it would have made no sense for a clean shaven Edwin to start using beard oil. Right? <laughs> exactly. Uh, so, uh, so, but uh, from a, a, a male perspective, wanting, um, wanting to engage in grooming products that are inherently for men, they're taking into consideration the way, uh, you know, the way men's skin is, the way the fact that lots of men lose their hair on top of their head, um, the way, just the way that they uh, in, engage with the, the, the different levels of, I'll call it quote unquote grooming with creams and oils and all of the things that have for years and years and years been um, predominantly female focused, like for years. Um, it, it's only in the last, say, I'll call it 10 years where, even top brands have started releasing men's lines, right? Where it's, where they've got a men's focus because they've realized there's a, there's a, a block there for men to say, you know, I don't want to put that on. That's for girls or that's for women. So I would, I would just take that same, the same brand values that you want to apply to, to, to the beard oil um, and, and just take out the beard part. And then you've got a, you've got a set of products that are designed for men with facial hair and you've got a set of products that are designed for all men. And then maybe there's some that are designed for those that don't, you know, you've got, Matt, you go into the, the lines of um, shaving soaps and um, um, aftershave and all of the things for those that do shave. Right. Um, but I, I, I still think there's that it's like, it's a, almost a barbershop culture and you can just love, you can just bring that up. Um, and it, it could just, you know, you, you may need a bit of a renaming, but I think even, you know, you know, Sussex soaps and oils, which you kind of put here on the, on the site, I'm seeing it now. Um, you know, you, you could, you could leave it at that or you could just call it Sussex. I mean, why not, why not open it up to, uh, to, to simplification? And, um, and I think that I don't think it's two brands coming together. I think it's just a, a brand evolution. Um, it, it's not, it's not like you don't have a conflicting audience. It's the same. It's the same audience. It's that, it's still that barbershop culture. I think that you want to go after that's in what, when I see your stuff and when I talk to you, that's what I, it's, it's, you know, it's not, it's not somebody who's afraid to spend some money on themselves. Um, it's not somebody who's afraid to, to dress nice and look nice and smell nice. It's, it's, it's yeah. It's, it's men taking pride in the way they look and feel is what Matt said. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, no, that's amazing. I think, uh, thank you for your insight. Uh, Matt, Matt said you're nailing it and he really appreciates that insight. I'm sure. Uh, I think, uh, I think both Matt and I probably owe you a beer the next time we see each other. And I think that's probably in Ottawa at least together, all three of us. Uh, <laughs> um, but I uh, just wanted to slowly, um, thank you, um, again, uh, Pat for your time, but I'd love to just get before you and any final tips, um, for our listeners who are, you know, really got into our discussion around branding, um, whether they're an entrepreneur or a business leader, you know, any final tips when it comes to, to brand marketing? 
Yeah, sure. So I've got a couple um, and I probably have a lot more. So I'll stop after a couple, but then you can just, <laughs> you can then just direct people to find me if they've got questions. I'm no, happy, definitely. To answer, happy to answer them anytime. But uh, number one, I would say uh, everybody who's going into a brand exercise needs to separate creative from their brand. Their brand needs to live separate. You have to be able to evolve creative over time. We don't know what new portals are going to come out or social platforms or marketing opportunities or what. We don't even know what websites are going to be like in the next couple of years. They're all, everything's changing. So your, your creative needs to adapt to your brand, but your creative is not your brand. You have to be able to separate that. Um, and then, and then when, you're, when you're going through a branding process, think about you know, the brand mark or the logo. Um, I hate the term logo, but the brand mark uh, is, um, is the last thing you do. So you, you've gone through the whole exercise of what is your brand or what is your rebrand, and then you create the visual identity for those new, that new set of values or that adapted set of values so that you can look at it every single day and be proud of it and say, yes, that embodies exactly why I get out of bed and exactly what I'm doing. Or if it's a board, exactly what we, you know, our strategic plan is saying we are doing over the next five years and exactly what our company represents. So that is, that's, that's tip number one. Um, tip number two is when you go into that creative uh, exercise, make sure that whatever you end up with, you can wear it on a hat or you can wear it on a t-shirt and you can wear it with pride. If you wouldn't wear it as a, like a snapback, snapback flat brim or like a black t-shirt with a white logo on it and love it. And if that became your uniform every single day, if you can't see yourself wearing it, then you're not happy with your brand mark so um because you have to be able to live it you have to be able to you if if somebody forced you to get that tattoo if you're not a tattoo person and somebody forced you and you had to have that as a tattoo could you live with it um that is a that's a that's a critical um that's a critical gate that people tend to not um walk themselves through um strictly enough you know they're quick to they're quick to go to something like 99 designs um, and let a bunch of people they've never met and who don't know their, their brand at all, create a bunch of logos for them. And they pick one that they like the best out of 10 that they've received. Um, it's cheap. So I think, I think I've done that before, Pat. Don't, and hate, don't hate me for it. No, no, but it, it, so it's cheap and it fits the need, yeah. but it's not necessarily representational of the brand. And if you can't live with it because you, you, what the thing, the thing is you look at it. And it reminds you of why you're doing it in the first place, right? It reminds you of everything you've put into it. It reminds you of everything you want to do. And it reminds you of all of the people you've served. And uh, if you can't, if, if you think this is good enough for now, um, I'll change it later, then you should change it now, right? You should start, uh, start with the most stable, solid, rock solid platform you can. Because at the end of the day, all of the, all of the asset you're building into your brand is represented by that brand mark. You know, after, after 10 years of doing the business leadership podcast, Edwin, if, mm -hmm. if everything went away, if let's just say, you know, freak accident, all the audio that you've recorded, hosted places, whatever, wiped out, right? Yeah. You've got nothing. All you've got left is your brand that you've created over, the over time and the way for people to find that brand, which is the brand mark you've created. Mm -hmm. If you decided the very next week to do another podcast, it wouldn't matter that all the all the history is white. 
you still have an audience. They'd still tune in. You've built that brand. They know how to find you. Um, but I, I use the same analogy with, you know, with when we're doing bricks and mortar stuff. If Starbucks lost all its stores today and opened a new one tomorrow, there'd be a lineup. And it's not, it, right. And it's, it has nothing to do with the fact that there are no coffee shops and now there is one. It has to do with the fact that people are connected into that brand. It doesn't, it doesn't, it, it, it has nothing to do with the coffee, but it has at the same time, it has everything to do with the coffee because they've built that expectation over time. Um, and then you can evolve, you can evolve, you creative around it, but they've created something that means something that they can look at and say, this is who we are. This is what we do. This reminds us. And it reminds the employees, it reminds the stakeholders, it reminds company owners, and it reminds the customers about what that brand represents. So you need to be super proud of it um, from day one. And, and that's why, uh, I mean, you can, you can use 99designs. I'm not, I'm not bashing the fact that you can use a platform to get um, you know, good design work done. I'm not going to say it's like the, the best because you, it's really hard when you don't have a relationship with, that, with the person that's doing it for you. Um, cause they don't necessarily get the nuance of what you're trying to do. But if you have a brand, if you've gone through the brand exercise and know exactly what your brand is, you can direct those designers in 99 designs better. You right. can say, this is what I'm looking for. And this is why then they can actually deliver better work. Um, a graphic designer can only work with as much input as you as a business owner give them, unless they're also a brand expert and they can pull that information out of you. But if they're, you know, there are people that are really great graphic designers, but they aren't brand strategists. They can't think about what they're, what you're creating as a business. They can only think of it visually or creatively, uh, pixels on screen or ink on paper. So if you don't provide the direction, there, it's it it they you they may never nail it, right? They may never understand fully what that brand is. Of course. But if you can provide that guidance, um, you know, it it makes it it makes the entire process much better. And then you've got a compass. Um, to to follow uh, your your path, your business path. With. That's right, Pat. I mean, this is amazing. You and I could I could talk with you forever, man. And I'm not sure. I mean, I, I'm, both you and I are probably busy and probably running into our next meeting right after this. But uh, uh, before I let you go and before I end the show, I'd love you. And you just did mention it, so hopefully um, uh, people do reach out. But how do we find more information about you? Get a hold of you. Or anything you'd like to share with the listeners today? Uh, well, uh, company is uh, is called ClearVision. Um, it's K L E U R V I S I O N. So it's not clear; it's clear. That's uh, that's uh, Afrikaans um, for color, and that's that's a whole different story, Edwin. We can have that conversation another day. I love uh, it. <laughs> so you can look up ClearVision, uh, or you can just Google me, Patrick Liver. Um, you'll find all the places that you can get a hold of me. Um, it's Patrick Liver on Twitter. It's Patrick Liver on Facebook. Uh, it's Patrick Liver on LinkedIn. Um, the only one I don't have Patrick Liver on is Instagram, which is Pal Patrickster. It's got Patrick in the middle. Um, so if you want to find me, those are the places to get me. But Google's the, your best bet. Pat, it's been an absolute pleasure. We definitely have to uh, schedule in in the new, in the next quarter or something to to talk maybe something around branding or something specific but i think i think this was really helpful i mean maybe i just want to get free t free information from you again for my own brand but uh either way <laughs> the invite is totally open so pat thank you again for co-hosting today and and have a fantastic week uh you too man looking forward to seeing everybody in ottawa in a, in, uh, in a few months it's gonna be a good time 
Maybe we can do something. Maybe we can do something live there around a around a, a couple of pints. We should uh, let's let let's let's think about that one. And, and, but it has to be brand specific, okay? Yeah. Well, maybe we can help solve Matt's problem. <laughs> All right. Sounds good, Pat. Thanks a lot for everyone listening. Thank you for joining the Business Leadership Podcast Live. is is an almost daily show. Um, typically happens Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays. I think I'm thinking about moving it to Thursdays. Um, this call is brought to you by Dialogue. So if you like discussions and debate, you could host your own call and talk show over social media. And if you haven't done so yet, be sure to check out my podcast where I have exclusive interviews on the Business Leadership Podcast. I sit down with amazing business leaders to talk about their personal journey and experience through business leadership. New episode drops every Tuesday. This week, I my guest was Kunal Gupta, CEO, founder of Polar Mobile. Amazing marketing, um, amazing journey that he shared and really talks about what I was talking with Pat earlier about mindfulness and, and being a, a leader of a huge tech company. It amazes me that he does not have an email app on his phone for the last he told me like seven or eight years. So for those listening, that's a challenge. I still have my email on my phone. But you could catch my podcast on iHeartRadio, Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you listen to your podcast. But that's a wrap. Happy Wednesday, everyone. Happy hump day. Have a fantastic week. Edwin signing off. <laughs>